You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. The seed is the Word of God. Amen. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear Grace and dear Angela, God be praised for your baptism. Baptism, the Bible teaches us, is being born again, born from above, adopted into the Lord's family as He puts His name on us so that we belong to Him. In baptism, our flesh is put to death and the new spirit, the newness of life is resurrected in us. Baptism is the washing away of sin so that Jesus Himself would present us before His Father, spotless, without blame or blemish, perfect in His sight. And so, for the baptized, there is no fear in life or in death, for you are forgiven. You are loved by God. You are rescued from the wrath to come by the mercy and kindness of Jesus. And this is wonderful and fantastic news. And so we rejoice with you in it, in your baptism. And that is because we all share the same gift of baptism, the same joy, and the same hope. Now, I should mention that if anyone isn't baptized, make sure to talk to me after the service. We have plenty of water, (laughs) and we can take care of that. Now, this gift, baptism, which is a gift of greatest joy, is for, for us and for all Christians. And it causes us to ask the question, this question, Why doesn't everyone in the world rejoice in the gift of baptism? Why doesn't everybody in the world follow Jesus? You come to church and you open your Bible and you hear the sweet gospel, the forgiveness of all of your sins, which cuts through all of your guilt in your conscience and all of the pain in your life and all of the fear of death which haunts you like a shadow. You, dear saints, you know the smile of Jesus, the great joy and freedom of living in the confidence of God's mercy, of knowing that what comes after you die is the face and smile of Jesus. You know that your sins are not held against you because they were all already pinned with Christ to the cross. You know all of these things, the comfort of the Lord's promises, even in trouble, in sickness and sadness, in death, in guilt, in consternation, in whatever comes to you. You know that the Lord Jesus hears your prayers and that he comforts you. And you wonder and you ask me, Pastor, why isn't everybody a Christian? Why doesn't everybody come to church? Now, the disciples of Jesus had the same question. And they were watching Jesus. They were listening to Him. They were watching Him perform miracles. They were learning His teaching. They were observing firsthand His compassion and His love, His clarity and His gentleness. They believed Him and they believed in Him. But they saw that there were those who came to hear Jesus and they didn't believe. In fact, there was those who came to listen to Jesus and they went away angry. There was even those who would oppose Jesus and who would want Jesus put to death. There were those who came around to listen to Jesus and they believed for a while. They, perhaps they would even call themselves the disciples of Jesus for a little while and then they would, they would leave. For one reason or another, they would stop following Him. And, and the disciples wanted to know, how could this be? So Jesus answers with the parable of the sower. Here's the text again. A sower went out to sow a seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. 
Some fell on the rocks, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Some fell among the thorns, and when the thorns grew up, they choked it. Some fell in good soil and yielded a hundredfold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, we are doubly blessed with this parable this morning because Jesus himself will explain it to us and tell us what it means. The parable is this, says Jesus. The seed is the word of God. Now, Jesus doesn't tell us who the sower is, but we can understand that the sower is, in fact, Jesus himself, who sows the seed of the word through the preaching of the gospel everywhere in the world. And then Jesus gets to the point of the parable, and it is this. This word, this preaching, this gospel, it has enemies. In fact, Jesus will outline three enemies of the word, three enemies of your faith, three directions that the devil himself would attack the faith and cause it to wither and fade. First, the ones along the path are those who have heard and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they would not believe and be saved. The first enemy, says Jesus, is the devil himself who simply comes and snatches away the word before we have a chance to grab a hold of it. The devil stands in the way of us coming to church, of us opening our Bibles with our families. And the devil brings to us every kind of distraction to keep the preaching of the word from getting from the pulpit to your ears and then from getting from your ears into your heart. In fact, I think... I think I've told you guys this. I think, I think listening to a sermon is much more difficult than preaching a sermon, in fact. You guys have the hard work, and this is part of the reason. Because to listen to a sermon is to simply fight against the devil, even just to pay attention and let the word of God come into our ears and into our hearts. When you wage a war, you have soldiers who go to the front lines and they're doing the, the fighting. But then behind them, you have supply lines that serve to get the equipment to them, food and ammunition and all of this sort of stuff. And if you're fighting against an enemy, if you can attack the supply line, you can starve off the soldiers on the front line. Now, this is how this attack comes from the devil, that we are here on the front lines and the supply line is the scripture itself. And so the devil tries to to break up that line, to, to, to stop the scripture from getting to our heart. And the result is that we starve. We, we spiritually starve. So the devil's first attack, to snatch the seed before it's planted. Jesus then says the second attack. These are the ones on the, who fall on the rock, the rocky soil, who when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, but it has no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing fall away. There are those who hear the preaching of the gospel and they believe it. But then comes tribulation. Then comes trouble. Then come the hard times and suffering. And the devil uses that to choke out the word. The devil uses suffering to attack our hope. So to us, the future looks bleak. It looks like there's nothing good waiting for us. Like God has abandoned us. Now the Lord, on the other hand, would use would use our suffering to strengthen our faith and fortify us in patience and in hope. And Pastor Flamey and I were working on this idea this morning of our hope being like uh, our theological immune system. When we hope in the Lord, 
when we trust His promises, if we are those who the Scripture describes as those who long for the Lord's appearing, if we have one eye always on the horizon waiting for the Lord's return in glory and for the resurrection of flesh, if we, if we trust that even though we can't see it, that all things are working together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose, if we have that hope, then we have a resistance to the devil's assault. But if we've lost hope, or if our whole hope is faltering, and we're leaning towards despair, then our immune system is weak. Our defenses are down. You consider two people getting the flu, right? If the person has a strong immune system, then they get the flu and they have a couple of very miserable days, but then they recover. And in fact, on the other side of it, their immune system is stronger. They are, I suppose, healthier than they were before. But the person with a weak immune system gets that same flu and they might never recover. So it is with our hope. Now, I think we, we still have to think about this a little bit more but, uh, because there's a danger, and especially the, the danger is that we kind of sit here this morning and think, how strong is my hope? How good is my hope? Or something like this. But we, we don't want this to send us on a journey of self-exploration trying to figure out the state of our hope because these kind of trips inside of ourselves are never really helpful. But it is helpful to consider the Scriptures and the promises there where, where our hope is established. In fact, for the Christian, our hope is outside of ourselves in, in Christ. So we find hope when we confess that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. That He is praying for us right now. That He is with us in the midst of trouble. And He will be with us even to the end of the age. When we consider these things, our hope is fortified. So that when the devil brings trouble to pound away at these promises... Our hope is anchored and rooted in Christ. Because if you have no root, they believe for a while and in time of testing, fall away. And then there is the third assault of the word, which is the assault of pleasure. The assault of good things. The nice things of this life. Jesus says, And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear... But as they go on their way, they are choked by cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Now, this is the opposite assault of trouble. This is the assault on our faith of the good times. If you you want to think of it like this, the seed that falls in the rock is like Job. Remember, everything went wrong with Job. Everything was taken away. He had trouble upon trouble. The seed that falls amongst the weeds and the thorns is like King Solomon. He has everything. Anything that anyone would want to want in this world. He had riches. He had wisdom. He had power. He had an embarrassing number of wives and concubines. And these things, these pleasures of life, these also assault our faith. And it's just good to take heed to this because we want to know that the trouble is on both sides. We are tempted to think that if suffering is an assault on our faith, then pleasure must be a strengthening of our faith. But this is not right. Pain and pleasure, both. Want and plenty. Bad times and good times are all used by the devil to get after our faith to the Word of God planted in our hearts. Now, we see this third assault often in the church. I mean, many times it'll happen that a person is here with us gathered on Sunday morning week after week to hear the Lord's Word and rejoices in His kindness, but then something happens and now they're here less and less until they're not here at all. 
There's different reasons for this. But perhaps the reason is that the person has found something that gives them more pleasure. Or, or it could be that they, they found a boyfriend or a girlfriend and the way that they want to be together con- contradicts the Lord's word and the vocation of chastity that the Lord has given to all those who are not married. Something like this. So the pleasures of this life come and choke out the Lord's word. Choke the life out of it. Now, the trouble is that we know that this is wrong to pursue our own pleasure, to live in a hedonistic uh, uh, hunt for the things that make us feel good. We know that it's dangerous, that it's not good for us. But the world and our flesh have taught us that our happiness is the most important thing and that our happiness is bound up to our pleasure. And we've trusted that voice and end up chasing after what feels good, twisting our conscience, and the seed of the word dies. Now, three troubles. And all of us are facing all three of them. The devil hates that you believe in Jesus. He hates it. And so he assaults it. Jesus fights back. And the way that Jesus fights against these troubles is with the word itself. It is the Lord's word of law and gospel, of command and promise that throws the rocks out of the soil, that pulls out the weeds, and that overcomes the devil. To the devil's assault on you, the word says they overcame him with the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony. To the suffering that the devil brings against you to attack your hope, the word says, St. Paul in Romans I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed to us. And Jesus says, to him who overcomes, I will give to sit with me on my throne. To the pleasures of this life that assault the world, Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And he puts us into a life that has the greatest joy of all. The forgiveness of your sins. As for that seed that fell in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word of God, hold it fast in an honest and pure heart and bear fruit with patience. John chapter 6 tells us that Jesus fed the 5,000. And after he fed them, he crossed over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and the large crowd followed him, and he began to teach them different and difficult things. In fact, Jesus was teaching them that he was God in the flesh. And the people started to leave. They started to fall away. Those who would have been Jesus' disciples were no more. They liked the miracle of the bread, but they didn't like the miracle maker himself. And as these crowds are leaving, Jesus turns to his disciples, to the twelve, and he asks them if they too will leave. And Peter says these wonderful words. Lord, to whom will we go? You have the word of eternal life. Dear saints, this is our confession as well. Jesus plants his word into your heart. He gives you faith. He gives you hope. And he who promised it is faithful. 
He will do it. He will bring you to life eternal. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 9.15, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 10.45 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 8.30 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.